Hello and welcome to Everything's 5x4, a random podcast on Shuffle. I'm your host, Steve, and this is episode 9. I can't wait until I'm old enough to feel ways about stuff. So for those of you who have not heard this podcast before, it's called Everything's 5x4 because I have five randomly selected topics from a list of 10, and I discuss them for four minutes apiece. Uh, it's pretty much weekly. So the episode title comes from the Futurama episode Luck of the Fryrish, where an early teenage fry says that after finding a copy of the Breakfast Club soundtrack. So how are the topics randomly selected? Well, I use the random.org number generator. I have the topics listed in alphabetical order and have given a number to each of them, and we'll see what we have for this week. And uh, depending what it is, the title might actually be very prescient. So let's see what we have here. So the first topic is number five, music. Next topic is number one, baseball, uh, which I did half a podcast on last week. So some of you might be sick of it, but always have things to say. Nine is topic number nine is soccer. So again, the random number generator really wants me to talk about sports this this week. Uh, seven, other miscellaneous sports. This is going to be a very heavy sports episode, apparently. And the fifth topic is going to be number two, beer. Okay, so uh, yeah, this is going to be, I guess, a pretty sports-heavy episode. So um, I'll just uh, break right into the topic that is not sports, uh, music. Okay, so music is my first topic. And I always intro the topics just to cheat and give myself a little more time. So basically, for those of you who haven't listened to the show before, I've basically been going through and re-listening to a lot of music that I haven't listened to in a long time. I'm not as into music as I used to be, uh, but I have between CDs and records. I have over 300 of them. I've been to a couple hundred concerts. Uh, so there's a lot there that, you know, I haven't necessarily listened to as much lately. So I decided to go through an alphabetical order and pick an artist, a CD by an artist, I, CD or record that I haven't listened to in a long time. And this week it is by Fashion. Uh, the album is Champagne and Styrofoam Cups. And uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just break right into it now. Okay, so I'll admit I actually cheated a little bit with this one. When I was going through, I was going through a letter a week, but since I didn't do an episode last week, I just decided to stick with what I'd listened to the week before, which was the mixtape Champagne and Styrofoam Cups from Feshawn. So what's interesting about him is I used to go to a lot of concerts and you see so many nondescript opening acts that you forget pretty quickly. But one of the things that was great about concerts is every now and then you would see an opening act that really stood out. And that's what I can say about uh, Fashion. I saw him opening for Merce at the stage in Miami in 2013. And I was really impressed, more so than I had been by an opener in a long time. Uh, at the time, he had actually just done a compilation album with, with Merce called This Generation, which is really good. And he was still riding high from uh, his 2009 debut album, Boy Meets World. 
and but a few years away from releasing the official follow-up, the Ecology in 2015. So Champagne and Styrofoam Cups was is a mixtape. So you just don't have a whole lot of expectations for that. And even for me, being introduced to him for the first time, I really the songs I really liked were actually on Boy Meets World. But he was out there um, selling champagne and styrofoam cups. So I decided to get that. I actually got it signed by him. And I picked it up. And I remember listening to it and being like, okay, this this is pretty good. And then I heard Boy Meets World and I was just floored. And I just kind of forgot all about (laughs) champagne and styrofoam cups. So what, but anyway, I'm going to get into him as an artist. So he's from Fresno. uh, Not a lot of rappers coming from the central valley of california but he kind of bridges that gap i would say between backpack rappers more kind of pop music and sort of the old school west coast gangster rap and not just both lyrically and in terms of production so um you know, looking at this at this mixtape, I think it's actually a really nice bridge between Boy Meets World and the Ecology. It's not just a throwaway, and I really enjoyed re-listening to it. Ola Santiago actually stands out with its hook, and that was the song that opens the mixtape and the one that I remember most. But listening to it again there's a lot more lyrical depth to songs like living to die and love with a lie and heard it all before uh there's his productions there's a lot of different producers on here because it's a mixtape uh the ones with exile really stand out the most though because they they do bridge again the production bridges i think that gap between more indie rap pop and just something that has a little harder gangster rap edge to it and lyrically, he really fits in there well. So I think he's a very versatile rapper, both in terms of his flow and his lyricism. And he's just he's just interesting. There's a lot, I think, going on in his lyrics because you just he's not predictable like a lot of rappers are. And that's not to say he's really weird or off the wall, which is great. I mean, I like Devil the Funky Homo Sapien too. But, you know, and rappers like that who do some strange things. But I think Fashan is more unpredictable in terms of subject matter as opposed to just sort of being abstract. And so this is Champagne and Styrofoam Cups may have been a mixtape, but I think it really stands on its own merit. Uh, Not quite at Boy Meets World or the ecology level, but a worthy bridge between the two. So when I did my special bonus episode slash spinoff last week, Everything's 2 by 12 it was 12 minutes on baseball and 12 minutes on soccer. And I really didn't expect the random number generator to immediately go back and say, hey, let's talk some more about baseball and soccer. But here we are. So I'm kind of winging this one a little bit more. I do have the benefit of having a week of the base, uh, the Major League Baseball season that's gone by. And uh, mostly I'm going to talk about the White Sox. But, you know, there's a lot of other stuff I can get to as well. So uh, here we go. If you're ready for some baseball talk. So in everything's two by 12, I actually didn't get to some of the rules changes I wanted to talk about in baseball in general. So I'm just real quickly going to go through those. I made my feelings on universal DH pretty well known. 
but I'm glad to see the playoffs back to normal. I would have liked them to stay with that best of three set for the wild card, uh, two wild cards. I think that would have been kept things interesting. I am growing to accept the seven inning double headers. I hate the runner on second to start the 10th inning. I think it actually gives kind of an unfair advantage to the visiting team. And it just, it just doesn't feel right. Um, I'd be okay if they brought in something like that, maybe starting in the 12th inning, but yeah, 10th inning, kind of a lot. Um, so just another random baseball story. There's always a lot of random stats out there. Jacob deGrom made his 13th, had his 13th start with six plus scoreless innings where he did not get the win. So the Mets much improved their roster, but Jacob DeGrom, one of the best pitchers in baseball, still not able to win ball games. Uh, so what's interesting about that stat, too, he's made 184 career starts. No pitcher with 200 career starts has had that many situations like that. So it just tells you how poor the run support is for him, no matter how much better the Mets lineup has gotten. All right. Uh, so, of course, we're going to jump to the White Sox now. And I can't do this without talking about your mean Mercedes, the first Sox player to open a season with hits in his first eight at bats, uh, the first player to have 12 hits in his first four starts in the modern era, okay, since 1901. And now he's added the third longest home run in the history of the Sox home ballpark, the rate, the cell, new Comiskey, whatever you want to call it, 485 feet, absolutely crushed it. I can't talk about the home opener without talking about Lance Lynn, who threw the first complete game shutout for the White Sox in a home opener since 1976, and the first one in club history of double-digit strikeouts and no walks. So just absolutely massive performance when the Sox needed it most after a pretty embarrassing loss in Seattle the day before, which leads me into the Sox bullpen. So a lot of people online have just been skewering the Sox bullpen. Uh, just lighting it up. I've even got an email from an older relative basically talking about how bad the bullpen is. Here's the thing. The bullpen as a whole, I did the numbers, 5.33 ERA, 1.42 whip. That's awful. But Matt Foster and Evan Marshall have pitched six innings, given up 11 runs, earned runs, and combined for 16.50 ERA and 2.67 whip. What about the other six relievers? Well, 19 and a third innings, 1.86 ERA, 1.03 whip. And I'm not going to say anything too bad about Matt Foster and Evan Marshall. They were both great parts of the bullpen in 2020. And I feel like you can't write off guys after two or three bad outings, relievers. Uh, maybe they have some lost confidence right now. Uh, but I think they're going to get it together. I think this bullpen is going to be great. I'm not worried about the Sox. We're 4-4 four and four right now, and I'm especially not worried about the opening series because at the end of the day, the games that should be more emotionally and psychologically invested in should be the 27 games that we play in September and October, the 19 games we play against the Twins, and even the 6 in the Crosstown Classic. That's a lot of games left. So, yeah, I'm not worrying about it. So it's interesting that the random number generator picked out soccer for me to talk about because I actually didn't really have any soccer content this week because I figured, hey, I just did 12 minutes on it last week. 
So it's going to be a little bit of a grab bag. And uh, yeah, hopefully someone will enjoy it. All right, so this is going to be a bit of a mismatch. I think the less said about Fulham losing on a stoppage time goal today, the better. On the positive end of things, Villarreal got an important away goal in a win yesterday in the first leg of the Europa League quarterfinals. So fingers crossed, I might see a professional soccer club I support win a trophy for the first time since the Fire won the Open Cup in 2006. I'm not counting promotion playoffs trophies here, just uh, major national or continental competitions. Anyway, but I'm actually going to talk about Hamarshi very briefly since I mention them in every uh, every soccer segment. But today, it actually there's a method to the madness. So today is April 9th, and it is the fourth anniversary of the club being founded, which was done intentionally on the 40th anniversary of the first game played by the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. So being the spiritual successor. Uh, yeah, it just fit. So, but but things are going really well in the field right now. Hims are first in the Florida Gold Coast League North Division and can clinch a division title with a win versus Miami Sunshine this Sunday. Uh, on the very unlikely chance you are in South Florida and have a hankering for some socially distanced local amateur soccer, the match is at 4 p.m. at Southeast Park in Margate on Sunday. Uh, you might see us clinch a division title. Anyway, uh, what I'm actually going to talk about a little more, though, are the Chicago Red Stars, who are debuting in this season's NWSL Challenge Cup. Uh, unfortunately, this one's on CBS Sports, the one CBS platform I don't get because I get over-the-air CBS and Paramount+. Plus. So... Yeah, but the Red Stars, it's it's been, I actually started rooting for them in 2019 after the Women's World Cup. I realized I really should just, you know, there's a great women's soccer league in the U.S. and it became much easier to watch. So I started following it. Um, unfortunately, the Red Stars lost in the Challenge Cup final last year and the NWSL final in 2019. So a little bit of heartbreak there, but a very good team that is very close. Um, this season we lost Yuki Nagasato, who not only was a nice playmaker and creator, but just a big personality off the field. Uh, but on the plus side gained Mallory Pugh to the attack. I think the attack is actually kind of the weakest part of the team. The back line, you've got Casey Kruger, uh, formerly known as Casey Short, Sarah Gordon and Tierra Davidson, uh, as well as the U S women's national team starting goalkeeper Allison Nair in goal. You've got a midfield with Julie Ertz, Morgan Gatrat, aka uh, formerly known as Morgan Bryant, and Vanessa DiBernardo. So just that team is so strong. There's actually pretty solid depth at forward, uh, but Kalia Watt is really the only um, one who's really shown consistent scoring ability. So hopefully Mallory Pugh can add to that uh, as long as she stays healthy. There's a bevy of other forwards. Um, that I hope can take the next step, that have shown some things. And I'm really rooting for my fellow Mizzou alum, Sarah Lubert, who scored her first goal for the club uh, last year. 
And yeah, hoping for a good season from the Red Stars. Looking forward to watching a bunch of games on Paramount Plus. So for other miscellaneous sports, uh, I've been talking about basketball more. Uh, college basketball season is over. Uh, NBA season rolls on. But what I've really wanted to talk about for a little while now is actually hockey and specifically Florida Panthers hockey. I'm really excited about the possibility after my second shot, uh, which I'll be having soon to be able to go to a Panthers game for the first time since February 2020 and just to see see this team play. Um, it's been a really great year and I am going to talk about that. So I think the Panthers are an elite team this year, but it's been good news, bad news lately. Like right now, the Panthers have 56 points, which is the seventh best record in the entire NHL. Um, and only one point behind the best record. The bad news is it also means the Panthers are third in their own division, albeit only one point behind the Hurricanes and Lightning. But the bad news is two straight losses to the Carolina Hurricanes. So you're really talking about three of the best teams in hockey in the same division. The good news, of course, being four teams from each division qualify for the playoffs. And the Panthers are far ahead of the fourth place team in the division, the Nashville Predators, by 11 points. So it looks like, uh, and more importantly, ahead of the Blackhawks, who are fifth by 15 points. So, yeah, it, it looks like playoffs are a pretty far gone conclusion at this point. So the Panthers have always, uh, last few years at least, been able to score pretty well. Uh, currently ninth in the NHL and goals four per game. Uh, but the defense has gone a lot better. Tenth and uh, fewest goals against per game. Uh, we've fallen off on the power play down to 13th after being in the top five for the first couple months of the season. But 13th from the penalty kill is pretty solid. So, of course, the really bad news uh, for anyone remotely paying attention to uh, Pan the Panthers or hockey in general is that Aaron Eckblad went down with a broken leg, is going to be out for 12 weeks the rest of the season. He not only contributed a lot defensively, but he was second on the team in power play goals. And you can't understate his pairing with Mackenzie Weger, who's second in the NHL in defensive point shares and tied for fourth and plus minus. So just the two of them together, Mackenzie Weger's having a great year on his own, but the two of them together, really great first line pairing there. Uh, you know, but some good news, Sergei Bobrovsky, the man with the giant contract, has actually been pretty good the last nine games after looking like a, a big old bust. Um, he has a 9.22 save percentage and 2.44 goals against average. So right now the Panthers, uh, and that's after a 9.03 and 3.07 in his first 14 games. So right now it looks like the Panthers have a very good uh, goalie pairing because Chris Dreger, who's essentially um, displaced him as the first choice goalie, is leading the NHL in save percentage and third in goals against average. Uh, and of course, we got to talk about the offense. So uh, Alexander Barkov, the captain, missed a lot of time, but he's still 11th in NHL in points and eighth in points per game. Carter Verhage is the big surprise, tied for 11th in NHL in goals. 
and second in even strength gold. So he doesn't really play on special teams, but he's been uh, very good at even strength, to say the least, being second. Uh, Patrick Hornquist um, also missed some time, like Barkov, but he's still 10th in power play goals in the NHL. Uh, so right now, the Panthers kind of took a flyer on Lucas Walmark and Lucas Carlson from the Blackhawks, but it's more about clearing up cap space by trading Brad Connolly, who had only scored four goals this season after being a really consistent scorer. Um, but it probably means there's going to be a big trade deadline move um, or before the trade deadline on April 12th, so stay tuned. Uh, like I said, I'm really looking forward to the possibility of going to a Panthers game before the end of the season, and for the Panthers, probably winning a playoff series for the first time since 1996, so fingers crossed. All right, so this week, even though I'm discussing beer, I'm actually not having a beer while I record this. To be honest, I'm kind of tired. Um, recording a little later at night and probably going to uh, put it to bed and go to bed. So uh, no beer with the podcast while I discuss beer, but uh, I had some pretty good beers this week and I am going to uh, through the Beer of the Month Club and I'm going to go ahead and talk about those. All right, so one thing I think both of the beers that I tried for the first time this week had in common is just they're very light and refreshing. And light is always kind of a loaded term because it usually means low quality, just not a lot of complexity to it. But I mean it in a very positive way with these ones. So I'll just talk about the first one, the Hanger 24. Betty West Coast IPA. Um, it has that kind of fresh, well hopped smell to it. Uh, amber color, clearly unfiltered. Uh, there's some kind of heavy hoppiness on the nose, but very little bitterness on the end. Just very smooth, kind of an unidentifiable flavor to it. Sort of hints of lemon, lemongrass, grapefruit, honey. Uh, definitely citrusy and it's kind of interesting you know what i what i like about the beer of the month club it's just breweries i might not have tried but they also tell you a little story of the brewery so hanger 24 apparently the founder is a pilot and has been home brewing for a long time and he would share his home brews with uh, friends and colleagues at hanger 24 at redlands municipal airport in redlands california that's where the name came from uh, but yeah, just, just a very refreshing beer. I like, I haven't had a lot of West coast IPAs, but I like this style cause it's got that hoppiness in it, but it's still very, very smooth, sessionable, um, doesn't kill you with the hops. Um, so I, I like that. And he, um, apparently this brewery, since it's based in, uh, in California, just East of LA, they do use oranges from local orange groves. So you're going to get a little bit of that flavor in whatever they do as well. The other beer I had was from the Schloss Eggenberg Brewery in Austria, uh, Hopfen Koenig. Um, so this was a Pilsner, uh, almost kind of a translucent golden, clearly filtered, um, but just an amazing Pilsner. Uh, it's been, I think, 
you know, in the U.S., it's almost kind of a joke. You see Miller Lite, Taste of True Pilsner. Yeah, not not really. <laughs> but this just has a very, had a very clean, crisp, refreshing taste on the nose. Um, again, maybe hints of lemongrass. Uh, it was a little hoppier than expected from a Pilsner, but just a kiss of hops. Uh, 5.1%, so a little stronger than the average Pilsner, too. But, you know, 5.1% isn't, isn't going to kill you, and it's very sessionable. Um, there's none of that chemical lager aftertaste. It's an Austrian beer, but likely brewed according to the German purity laws. This brewery has been around in, in its current form since 1681, but apparently there were breweries on site going back to like the 13th century. So again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, doing something for a long time till you get it right. And this is great. It just makes me want to drink more European Pilsners again because they're very smooth, very refreshing, and just, you know, they're just not designed to be some kind of, um, you know, trash ingredients that you can just gulp down quick and drink a lot of because they're low alcohol. That's not what uh, Pilsners are supposed to be about. And that's not even a shot at Miller Lite, which among American light beers is um, better than most. But yeah, there's there's definitely a difference when you have those European Pilsners. And this is this was a really good one. All right, and that'll wrap up another episode of Everything's 5x4, a random podcast on Shuffle. Uh, this has been your host, Steve. Thank you again, uh, wherever you are in the world, whether you know me or don't. Uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I know most of my listeners are friends and family, and that's even a small percentage of my friends and family who are who are tuning in, but I definitely appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I should have another episode for you next Friday. And again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to email me, and send out um, compliments or uh, criticism or whatever. Uh, my email address is everythings 5 by 4 at gmail.com. That's everythings, no apostrophe, 5x4 at gmail.com. Again, everythings, no apostrophe, 5x4 at gmail.com. So thank you again for listening. Uh, keep everything 5 by 4 and have a good night. Bye.